0: You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins for Tuesday, March 21st. I'm Portia Cook, your news director, and I, along with assistant news director Lise Impel, are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, the election races for ASCSU president and vice president began this week with speeches and flyers. Learn about the candidates, their plans for CSU, and more in Campus News with Lee Zempel. And from local water issues to Hughes Stadium land, your opinion matters. Find out how your voice can be heard with me in local news. The historic drought of the Colorado River, plus the water right case between the Navajo Nation and the federal government, is dividing issues among justices in the Supreme Court. Find out more about this in national news with Lee Zimpel. And with that, let's move right into campus news with Zimpel.
1: I'm Lee Zimpel reporting your campus news. Monday marked the beginning of the two week long election races for president and vice president of the Associated Students of CSU where three pairs of candidates were out on the Lori Student Center Plaza handing out flyers and giving speeches to garner student support. With issues floating around campus such as the city's U-plus-2 residency policy and the controversy surrounding ASCSU's misuse of student funds, each campaign presented their own plans to fight against the quote-unquote hostile environment the Senate has become, according to inside sources in anonymous letters to the Collegian. Nick DeSalvo and Alex Silverheart announced their campaign on the plaza's tree stump, where they discussed plans to prioritize affordable housing and the abolishment of the U-plus-2 policy. Candidates Riddick Correa and Jennifer Laffey handed out flyers and outlined their focus on transportation, including on-campus parking and bus route improvements. Mia Ritter and Sammy Trout also began the campaign handing out flyers. Their focus is on lowering student fees and increasing overall transparency with the ASCSU and the university's administration. Voting will start on April 3rd and will stay open until April 5th. There will be two debates, with one happening on Tuesday, March 28, and the next on Wednesday, March 29th. Both will start at 5 p.m. at the Lorry Student Center. Contributions to this update come from the Collegian and the ASCSU website. You can find more information about the upcoming debates Voting and the individual candidates at ascsu.colostate.edu forward slash 2023 elections. My name is Lee Zimpel, and that's all for your campus news. Up next is local news with Portia Cook.
0: Do you have an opinion about local water issues? What about Hughes Stadium land? Well, if you're looking to have a voice within your community, you can join tonight's City of Fort Collins Council meeting. Tonight's regular council meeting will occur at 6 o'clock p.m. at the City Council Chambers at City Hall, located at 300 Laporte Avenue, right here in Fort Collins. According to the City of Fort Collins, council will consider going into an executive session on local water issues. Council will also discuss Hughes Stadium appropriation, the Vision Zero action plan, and election code changes. Regular meetings of the City Council are held on the first and third Tuesday of each month in the City Council Chambers. Meetings are conducted in a hybrid format, meaning Zoom webinar, and an in-person meeting in the Council Chambers is always available. City Council meetings are open to the public and can be attended in person by anyone. If you cannot make it to the in-person meeting, you can watch a live stream of the event on the City's website at fcgov.com slash fctv. Meetings are also televised live on channels 14 and 881 on cable television. The Zoom link for tonight's meeting can be found by visiting fcgov.com slash council. Those looking to address the council at tonight's meeting can sign up to speak using the online signup system available at www.fcgov.com slash agendas. In other news, it is fix-a-leak week here in Fort Collins, and I am not talking about your bike tire. According to the city of Fort Collins, household leaks nationwide waste nearly 1 trillion gallons of water each year. And that is why the city is urging you to check and fix easily corrected household water leaks. Fort Collins utility customers have a free online tool called My Water to track hourly and daily water use. If you check your water use and find that it is being consumed all day with zero readings within an hour, it's typically considered a leak. If you do in fact find a toilet shower or faucet leak within your home, free leak kits are available at 222 Laporte Avenue from 8 to 5 o'clock p.m. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, and 10 o'clock a.m. to 5 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays. Leak kits include a drip calculator, leak ruler, faucet washer, pipe tape, and toilet dye tablets to help identify leaks. You can also learn how much water is being wasted and get started on your repairs with this kit. To check your water usage and for more water-related FAQs, you can head to fcgov.com/utilities/residential/conserve/water-efficiency. In other local news, the Northern Colorado Drug Task Force is continuing its crackdown on the distribution of dangerous drugs right here in Fort Collins. On March 15th, four more people were arrested for outstanding warrants and new charges after hundreds of fentanyl pills and other street drugs were recovered from a southwest Fort Collins home in the 2300 block of West County Road 38E. After making contact with wanted fugitive Billy Lopez at the Fort Collins home, investigators served a search warrant on the residence, where they then recovered roughly one-fourth pounds of methamphetamine and nearly 800 fentanyl pills, along with various amounts of heroin, suspected LSD, and two guns, one of which was stolen. The three additional individuals arrested in connection to that day's events include Josiah Trujillo, Angela Valdivia, and Meryl Towell. All four individuals are currently being held at the Larimer County Jail. In other news, spring is upon us, and that means summer is not far behind. And if you're like me, summer means camping. Sadly, one of Rocky Mountain National Park's most popular campgrounds is set to close this summer, but the good news is is that the park will not be closed indefinitely. Moraine Park, Rocky Mountain National Park's largest and most popular campground, is expected to close beginning May 2023 through June 1st. The closure is due to some much-needed renovations to modernize the campground's infrastructures. Outside Marine Park, the reservations may also cause temporary closures to the Marine Park Discovery Center and parts of Marine Park and Fern Lake roads. Updates expected to take place at Marine Park include adding electrical hookups to 60 RV campsites, improving wastewater and drainage systems, replacing kiosks, and more. A handful of RMNP campsites will begin opening in late May, and inc- including Aspen Glen, Glacier Basin, and Longs Peak on the east side of the park, and Timber Creek on the west side of the park. Reservations for campsites can be made 60 days in advance online at www.recreation.gov/camping/getaways/2907. Information from this story comes from the Coloradoan. And that is all for your local news. After the break, the historic drought of the Colorado River plus the water rights case between the Navajo Nation and the federal government is dividing issues among...
1: The annual City of Fort Collins Hazardous Household Waste Collection Day is Saturday, September 10th from 9am to 3pm at the City of Fort Collins Street facility near East Vine Drive. You can take this opportunity to dispose of any substances that contain ingredients that could negatively affect your health or safety. For more information about the Saturday, September 10th Hazardous Household Waste Collection Day, you can visit fcgov.com hhw. KCSU thanks the City of Fort Collins for their underwriting support. National news, the Supreme Court seemed split Monday when weighing disputes in the water rights case involving the Navajo Nation's access to water from the drought-stricken Colorado River. States that draw from the river, including Colorado, are also involved in the case where they urge justices to rule against the tribe. In the face of water shortages and the fight for water rights, Colorado's argument against the Navajo Nation says that siding with the tribe would disrupt management of the river and undermine existing agreements. But on behalf of the Navajo Nation, Attorney Shai Deveretsky argued that the tribe's water request is modest and is only asking for their needs to be assessed and met. The history of the case goes back to the treaty signed by the federal government and the tribe in 1868, which established the reservation as the tribe's permanent home. That promise included a sufficient supply of water, according to the Navajo Nation. Today, a third of the nearly 200,000 people who live on the reservation, which is the largest in the country, don't have access to running water in their homes. The Colorado River has been going through a historic drought for the past two decades, with the risk of reaching critically low water levels soaring in the last 10 years, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. The federal government says that efforts have already been made to secure water from the Colorado River by providing money for pipelines, pumping plants, and water treatment facilities, but the government also argues that no law requires them to address the tribe's general water needs. Four of the nine justices, which included the court's three Democrats, seemed to side with the Navajo Nation, but others remained skeptical throughout the two-hour-long hearing. The formal decision in the case might not be coming for a while, though. It's expected to take until the end of June for the Supreme Court to make its ruling. Information for this story comes from AP News. I'm Lee Zimpel, and that's it for National News. Next, Eliza Drotar will get you caught up in CSU sports in the Sports Report. Hey, y'all, it's DJ Moose. Tune in today from 5 to 7 in the evening to hear my show, Moose Crossing, where I bring a wide selection of songs to kick off your Thursday
0: evening.
2: My name is Eliza Jotar. This is your RMR Sports Report. In women's golf, the team played at the Clover Cup in Mesa, Arizona, and was able to take 7th out of 14th and are currently competing in the Bam Beach Bash, where on the first day they tied for 8th, and on the second day they tied for 6th. In men's golf, the team competed in the National Invitational Tournament hosted in Tucson, Arizona, where they ended up taking 11th out of 13th on the first day and 8th out of 13th on the second In women's softball news, the team has been facing off in the GCU Invitational against Abeline Christian Grand Canyon, along with then starting their homestand against San Diego State here in Fort Collins, where they have won their last match against the Aztecs 3-2. They will be facing off against Boise State this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Idaho. Men's Club Baseball is right around the corner. Starting this week, KCSU will have live play-by-play of Men's Club Baseball. So keep it locked here on 90.5 KCSU-FM Fort Collins to listen for that. My name is Eliza Drotar. This has been your RMR Sports Report.
0: And that was Eliza Drotar with your RMR Sports Report. Next Thursday, March 23rd, we will have a very special, Special sports report coming to you from 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins. I took off to Memphis, Tennessee over spring break, and I sat for an exclusive interview from Colorado State University's latest first-round NBA draft pick, David Roddy, where we discuss his time at CSU and his rookie season with the Memphis Grizzlies. Again, that interview will take place on Thursday, March 23rd, During the RMR, which airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. right here on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins. If you missed any part of today's show or you want to listen to past or future episodes of the RMR, you can always head to kcsufm.com under news to find the RMR or anywhere you listen to your podcast by searching KCSU News.
2: Yo, it's Briggy Smalls, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Peace.
0: The sun is shining here in Fort Collins, and I am not mad about it. Today, we will see a high of 56 degrees with a mix of clouds and winds moving west between 10 and 20 miles per hour. Tonight, you can expect temps to drop to a low of 31 degrees with cloudy skies. Now, living in Colorado, you cannot be surprised that I'm about to switch it up on you here. That's right. Wednesday, you can expect temps to drop to a high of 50 degrees with cloudy skies and a 40 percent chance of snow showers before noon. Wednesday night looks to remain cloudy, but luckily no snow and a high of 29 degrees. Moving into Thursday, despite a few afternoon clouds, that beautiful Colorado sun we all love so much starts to peak back out again, giving us a high of 52 degrees. As for the rest of this week's weather, you can tune into to the next episode of the Rocky Mountain Review only on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins. I'm Portia Cook with your KCSU weather report. Information comes from the Weather Channel. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damian Castillo for our amazing theme music that's playing right Now, I would also like to thank Lee Zempel, our news producer, Adam Carlson, as well as the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener. So thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on KCSUFM.com under the news or podcast section. Or you can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcast by searching KCSU News. And with that, we will see you next time.